0: that uh, will never fail, and will, the Bible stands. Let's go ahead and take a look at it this morning. That's why we come to church. Uh, Psalm 68, Psalm 68. Um, boy, the Lord is uh, so good. And I like what Caleb had to say where, where uh, his, his justice was not violated, but it was satisfied. It was satisfied. Uh, our God... Uh, cannot overlook sin, but sin was punished and and sin uh, was punished in the the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a blessing it is to be able to know him on a personal level, as big as he is, yet uh, his mercies are new every morning, his faithfulness is great, I can spend time with him, I can pray, and he will incline his ear to me. How often does he speak and we fail to incline our ears to him? We human beings are arrogant. We expect him, you say, well, why wouldn't he incline his ear to me? I have important things to say. But then he speaks, and we're like, yeah, I'll I'll think about considering what you have to say. Maybe. We expect him to incline his ear to us. In fact, you can say, "Oh, oh, he listens to my prayer. So, instead of, unbelievable, how good is he? And then when he speaks, we think, eh, I'm not interested in listening today. Oh, God, forgive us of our arrogance. And may it be that we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, that I can speak and you'll listen to my prayer. May it be that when you speak, I listen. I listen. May it be like the angels in heaven. As soon as his will is known, they rush to do your bidding. May it be true in my life that as soon as I know what you want, I rush to do your bidding. He's so good to us. Let's let's spend some time together and make much of God today. Uh, Psalm 68, 19 says, uh, Psalm 68, 19, Blessed be the Lord, Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Silah, Silah. Uh, that word Silah kind of has the idea of let's, let's pause for a moment and just think about that. So he daily loads us with benefits. He daily loads us with benefits. <clears throat> We've all been there. Uh, we're, we're, we're maybe looking for work. Or we know someone who's looking for work and they're trying to weigh out the benefits of the new job they're they're considering. Sometimes the maybe the pay seems decent, but the benefits are low. Sometimes the pay may seem a little bit lower, but the benefits are pretty impressive. The, the health insurance. Uh, The retirement, we we put this much away for your 401k or, or something like that. Well, that's what it seems like when you follow God sometimes. Often, those who give their life to God don't appear to be rich in material goods. But what about the benefits of belonging to God? Are those any good? Are those any good? Are there any benefits that come from belonging to God? On the other hand, boy, sometimes uh, you, 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 you you turn on the radio or you you, you get on you get on the, the computer and, and there's an ad for uh you know hey you know I'm I'm eight and I just became a millionaire uh you know, you know subscribe to my I'll, I'll teach you how I did it and 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 you're like eight he's a what. <laughs> These people, there's so many millionaires out there and, and a lot of them don't seem to give any thought at all to God. Well, why wouldn't I just pursue that? Seems like the devil may pay better. Sometimes it seems like the devil, he just pays better. Why wouldn't I pursue what the world has to offer? Forget what God wants and just live for what I want. Why wouldn't I? Well, the... Let's look at that today. The benefits package when you belong to God. The benefits package when you belong to God. Is it any good? Let's talk about that today. Uh, Lord, I pray that you bless this time we have together. Thank you for these that have come. I pray that there be a special blessing. Oh, Lord, the Bible says, oh, taste and see that he is good. I pray, Lord, that today we would... We would hear from you. Lord, when we cry out to you, you incline your ear to us. Forgive us, O God, that sometimes you speak and we don't listen like we should. Help us to incline our ears to you. And not just hear from you, Lord, but help us to taste and see. Oh, that you are so good. Help us to look at what does it mean to belong to you and what are the benefits package that you offer. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'll give you my points. Uh, I, I have five things I want to look at today. One, well, we owe a great sin debt. Every human being owes a great sin debt. Uh, and this world has a 1,001 ways for you to ignore that sin debt and forget about it and pretend it's not there. And, and, uh, but God, the first thing, God, instead of ignoring our sin debt, God offers... Redemption by grace. Redemption by grace. The world tells you, ignore your sin debt. Well, God offers redemption, forgiveness, a release from that sin debt. Oh, yes, belonging to him is far better. Secondly, um, our sin has hurt God and others. Uh, And that's part of maturing a little bit when you realize, oh, I'm not comfortable with my sin hurting others, (laughs) My sister, she's right down there. And when we were young, I, I remember I, I stole a candy bar and I ate it and I left the evidence somewhere. My mom discovered the evidence, but she didn't know who stole and ate the candy bar. She had the evidence and uh, she's like, who stole, who ate this candy bar? And you know, I was like, Pfft, I'm just as confused as you are, mom. And well, she cross-examined us and interrogated us. You know, she had the light on us. We're like, <laughs> uh, and uh, where were you the, the night after yesterday? We're like, isn't that right now? And uh, and, and, and boy, eventually she broke down. She's like, ah, m- maybe I did. Maybe I maybe I don't remember, but it, I, I suppose it's possible that. And she got in trouble. And it's funny all these years later. But a little while later, I said, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> that wasn't right. That wasn't right. My, my sin hurt somebody else, and I'm not comfortable with that. Well, the devil can help you, you know, that sense of honor. Let's just set that aside. It's a dog-eat-dog dog world out there. If you don't take care of yourself, who, who will? You look after you. That's what the devil has to, to, to tell us. But that sense of honor that says, I'm not comfortable with somebody else being hurt because of what I did. I want that to affect my life. And Jesus was hurt because of what you and me did. How can you go on living your life as though he didn't? I, I, I did uh, let my mom know. Is uh, she back there? Uh, and we did make that later. right, right later on. And Again, Deborah, I'm, I'm sorry. that You had to go through that. Now, we kind of mentioned this already, but uh, down here, uh, we are confused people living among confused people. Without God, without God, we are just confused people living among confused people. We are lost down here on our own. And God offers us a resource for guidance Without Him, what, what are one of the benefits of belonging to God? Well, uh, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He, he, he guides us. He gives us turn-by-turn directions in this life until we at last end up there at the, at the throne of Almighty God, right with Him because of having claimed His sacrifice, trusted in what He did for me. A resource for guidance. And the Bible also says he gives us his Holy Spirit who will indwell the believer, the author of this book, who will guide us into all truth. Without God we are confused people living among confused people. I'll take the res- resource for guidance that I enjoy because I belong to him. Fourthly, life just hurts sometimes. Life hurts Pain enters every one of our lives. But with God, we have a refuge for grief, a refuge for grief. Yes, the world offer. I, I, can, I can turn to alcohol, I can turn to all sorts of things, but all of those, they, they deal with symptoms maybe, but the root problem is I need comfort that only God can give. He offers a refuge for grief. Well, what do you think? Are, Are the benefits sounding pretty good in belonging to God? The last thing is, this body of ours wears out and we die. And then what? Well, only God. Only God can offer the benefit of a reservation in glory with him. Well, got a little bit of time. Let's unpack some of these. So, someone once said of following God, and again, I feel like I'm, I'm taking care of so well belonging to God. So don't, I, you know, a believer, we're not asking for any pity. The Lord takes such good care of us. But, but, but someone said once of following God, the pay doesn't always seem to be the greatest, but the benefits package is out of this world. And that is so true. And by the way, uh, some of us in this, uh, even believers start to think, you know, um, uh, you, 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 uh, boy, I, I need to acquire wealth. That, that's where it's at. The, possibly the richest man to ever live, Solomon, possibly the richest man to ever live, he said this. He said this in Proverbs 15, verses 16 through 17, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble therewith better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith nothing wrong with being wealthy God allowed Solomon to be rich but wealth is supposed to be a means to an end not the end itself how sad it is for the, that some have spent their life, uh, uh, what, what do they say, uh, so many spend their health to get wealth and then when they get their wealth, they spend the rest of their days spending the wealth to try to get a little bit of health back. So many have achieved some material wealth and realized that instead of them having money, money has them by the throat. Let's look at the benefits package of belonging to God and living your life, not just on Sundays, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and not just for a little bit of Sunday, but all day Sunday, living your life as though he is the most important thing. The first thing is we have a sin debt that we could never hope to repay, but God offers redemption by grace. All the benefits package of belonging to him. Now, in Matthew 18, there's a story that is told that kind of illustrates our sin debt and how great it is, so great that there's nothing we could do about it. So in Matthew 18, verse 23, uh, it says this, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven... ...likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, so he owed a great debt. And there was no way he could pay it. For as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. And his wife and his children, and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. Now this man didn't say, my debt is unfair. No, he recognized that it was his sin debt, his debt. He owed it. It was his debt. He said, Lord, he fell down. He threw. He recognized that the debt was only fair, but that he couldn't do anything about it. He said, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. The Lord knew that there was no way he could pay. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him. The debt. That man that owed those 10,000 talents is a picture of all of us. This passage, Jesus is teaching on forgiveness that if, you, if you're saved, you were forgiven a great debt. How dare you go through life not forgiving others? After what you were forgiven of, how could you go through life and not forgive others? We should also be forgiven. The Bible's teaching that no one is rich enough. Again, it boggles the mind how much money some of these people have, right? These billionaires. It boggles the mind to think of some of those numbers. But no man, no woman is rich enough to cover their own sin debt. Every human being needed someone to release us, to forgive us of our debt. And someone paid the expense of each of our sin debts. Jesus, when he died on the cross for us. The king in this story, he ate the loss. In forgiving it, he paid it. One commentator, again, the point is not the amount The point is that it was so gigantic it couldn't be paid. But one commentator said one talent is equal to 6,000 denarii, which would uh, take an ordinary laborer 6,000 days or about 16 years. So one talent about 16 years, he owed 10,000 talents. His life wasn't long enough to pay this debt back. Let's convert that to U.S. dollars. If an average day's wage is assumed to be about $100, uh, that would be about $600,000 for one talent. Since one talent is such a large uh, amount of money, how much is 10,000 talents? Equivalent to about 60 million denarii. um, It is a tremendous amount of money, worth about 16, uh, 160,000 years' wages. 160,000 years' wages. Though this parable... Uh, Through this parable, we can come to know the fact that we were sinners. We had committed sin against God. And like the servant who owed the king, our debt was too great for us to pay. Taking pity on us, God offers forgiveness for our tremendous sin. Now, what did the man do in the story? He recognized his debt. He didn't say, my debt is unfair. He said, no, no, that's mine. He threw himself, he recognized his debt and threw himself on the mercy of his Lord. And you say, well, salvation seems really complicated. It isn't. Salvation is not. We need to recognize our debt. Oh God, I'm a sinner and I can't pay my sin debt on my own. Though I deserve to pay I cannot. I throw myself on your mercy. And when you do that, you find that our Lord is so compassionate. And he releases us. He eats the debt. His son, justice, was not violated the day I got saved. Justice was satisfied. The debt was paid. But not by me, I couldn't pay it. But by my Lord. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Oh my, what a benefits package of belonging to God. Secondly, Our sin has hurt God so much. We are dirty sinners. Oh, the guilt. I felt guilty. (laughs) I wasn't comfortable with the fact that I stuck to my story. Oh, good. Yay. I was able to be dishonest until someone else was punished. Yay. I stuck to my dishonesty until someone else was punished. What? How could we ever be good with that our sin hurts people our sin hurt the Lord Jesus Christ oh the guilt oh the shame Paul could have lived his life thinking I I can't do anything for God I've hurt people in my zeal to to stomp out this new church, this new following, these followers of Christ, in my zeal, I hurt people. I hurt people, but God allowed him to forget those things which are behind, see those things as covered under the blood and go forward for the Lord Jesus. Oh, the guilt and the shame that we deserve to bear, but yet God offers a remedy for guilt, a remedy for guilt. I had those parents. You know, the parents that paddle you when you misbehave? Yeah, that was my parents. Paddled me when I would do wrong. I got paddled. But you know, that's, that's how the Bible describes a loving parent. It says in Proverbs 13, 24, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Early in life, when they're little, and you go, oh, they're such little liars. They, they have no idea that we can see that they're lying through. It's so cute, it's so innocent, it's so adorable. It's sin. And you laugh at it, and they grow up to be skilled liars. I had those parents, and I remember one time, and, and so when I, oh, man, oh, the... I remember one time we were heading to church. It was an evening service, and Dad had kind of told me to quit picking on my sister. Again, I was an awful brother. And I just had to keep picking at her, keep picking at her. And finally, Dad, we're driving to church. He looks back and says, Son, tonight after church, meet me in my bedroom. And I knew I was going to get paddled. Ah, now i got to think about that. All evening, I got to go to church thinking I'm going to get paddled tonight. I'm going to sit in in the service and think tonight I'm going to... And it hit me, you know, I am just going to hide. I'm going to hide. When I get home, I'm just going to hide and maybe he'll forget I exist. He'll be like, didn't we have two children? (laughs) Eh, maybe it's just a figment of my imagination. So when I got to the house, I crawled under the kitchen table... And I thought, yep, I will just spend the rest of my days right here, hiding, living off of the crumbs that would fall from the table. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not a good feeling. Ah, oh, guilt and, and, and having to come face to face with, ah, oh, my, my dad. And, and, and finally he, he said, son, meet me in the bedroom. I'm like, that, that's not how hide-and-seek works. You can't just say, "Come out of hiding, you have to find the person." So <laughs> I went and met my dad in the bedroom, and, and he lovingly he paddled me, and my slate was clean. My dad never paddled me out of anger. He just paddled me because the Bible told him to. When you do something wrong, you paddle your children. It was good for me. And my slate was clean. My dad opened his arms like this, and I always loved that hug afterward where the slate was clean. Only God can give us that. Only God can say, your slate is clean with me. It reminds us of Adam and Eve. Um, Adam and Eve, when they, when they ate the tree they weren't supposed to eat from, they went into hiding. There was shame And they went into hiding. The Bible says this. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took it and she was told not to. She was told, don't eat of that. Adam and Eve were don't eat of that tree. And she decided to, I'll make my own decisions. I'll decide for myself. I have a brain. I'll decide for myself what I'm going to do. Well, who gave you that brain? And who knows a whole lot more than you do? I'll decide for myself. And so she did. She ate of the tree and she gave to her husband also, it says, and gave to her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened and they knew they were naked. And they, all uh, oh, the Shame. There was shame. and they, I, We need to cu- cover the shame. And so they, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. And they heard the voice of the Lord God. Now, every human being will hear the voice of the Lord God in their life at some point. And different people do different things when they hear it. Because of the guilt and the shame here, what did Adam do? What did Eve do? Did they run to the voice? Did they run to the voice? Because of their guilt, because of their shame. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. By the way, that's all humanity. We all respond to the voice. Every human being hears the voice at some point, and we respond and the first and again every single one of us the natural reaction just like me when I when I got I'm home and I'm not right with my dad and so I didn't say hey dad what are you doing can we do it together I I love being around you no I fled and I hid life for me was going to be better under the table (laughs) oh but life really isn't better under the table and the Lord, verse 9, the Lord God called unto Adam and said, and Where art thou? And he said, Adam and Eve, they came out of hiding. I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Well, why? What, what changed? We, we, we spent so much time walking in the cool of, of the evening together. What, what, what changed? Well, sin entered the picture. That, that's what changed. I was afraid, and I was naked, and, and, I, that shame, and I hid myself. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord make coats of skin and clothed them. So Jesus, he, he said, oh, you, you have this feeble attempt at covering your shame with these leaves, but only I can cover shame. And an innocent animal was killed and the coats from that animal were turned into coats to cover the shame. Only Christ can cover the shame. We have a thousand and one ways down here on this earth to try to cover shame on our own, but only God can really cover it. The devil, again, there they were in the trees. Adam and Eve, the voice of the Lord Jesus. And every human, every human hears the voice of the Lord Jesus. And the first thing we're inclined to do because we're sinners is to get hidden in the trees. It's better back here. And the devil wants to convince us that this is the place to be. It's better in the trees. The world is partying in the trees. They're having a party in the trees. Because the world has fled together. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They humanity flees to the trees while the Lord Jesus is out there and says, Wherefore art thou? won't you come out and get things right? And the devil will say, no, it's better in the trees. This is where it's at. This is where the party is. And, and, and he'll, he'll bring all sorts of things to make it seem like that's the place to be. The crumbs that fall from the table. How foolish to think that that's all oh, the crumbs from the devil that fall into your hiding place. And he tells you, this is the place to be. And Jesus is out here and saying, won't you come out of the trees? Only I have the remedy for guilt. The devil says, don't come out of hiding. Don't seek forgiveness and cleansing. I have ways to make it seem wonderful hidden in the trees. Music. The devil has music that will make you comfortable hidden in the trees as opposed to praising the one that gave you deliverance. And that remedy, dirty entertainment, infidelity, pornography, substance abuse. Here, hand me some more alcohol and I can forget the the guilt and the shame. I can drown it. I can stay hidden in the trees. In fact, the devil's so talented at making things seem so wonderful in the trees that a lot of believers over here are like, whoa, what's happening in there? Whoa, uh, it sounds like that's the place to be. Longing to head back to Egypt from the time before the Lord delivered you. Only God can give that remedy for guilt. What a benefits package of belonging to God. Redemption by grace, a, a remedy for guilt. Thirdly, a resource for guidance. A resource for guidance. I think... Every parent in here remembers a time where maybe their kids spoke with real confidence. They're pontificating about something. Right? Parents, do you remember a time when your kids were younger? They start, they start uh, waxing eloquently about some subject and you go, they have no idea what they're talking about. And you don't exactly know what the mix is. How much is is this them thinking they know what they're talking about or just longing to pretend that they know what they're talking about? What's the exact mix there? But nonetheless, you as a parent go, they have no idea what they're talking about. And that really just sums it up down here. We human beings, apart from God, are children pretending like we know what's going on. Let me say that again. Down here, apart from God, every single one of us are children pretending that we know what's going on. Remember, the best of men are just men at best. Caleb said in his testimony, we don't come close, the smartest of it, we don't come close to knowing what he knows. But he offers to guide us, a resource for guidance. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me, Jesus is the path to the Father. Uh, John 16, 13, he, 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 he left us the spirit of truth who will guide us into all truth. Uh, we, we have Psalm 37, verses 23 through 24, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in his way. Proverbs five twenty one says, the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. God studies the best way. Just like when you have your GPS, right? And it's studying the path in front of you, and it says... Uh, take this other route and save 10 minutes. It's studying the route ahead of you and maybe an accident has occurred and it, it, it. take this other route. It's study, the Bible says that the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he pondereth all his going. And so we think we've got it all laid out and God says, hey, take this path. I don't know, Lord, it seems like, hey, who knows everything. Won't you just trust me to give you the turn-by-turn directions? God ponders our goings. Um, Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Thou wilt show me the path. Down here, apart from God, we are confused Children pretending like we know what's going on. But with God, we have the word of God and the Spirit of God and the preaching and the teaching. Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. Fourthly, life hurts. Painful things happen down here. And God alone offers a refuge for grief. Sometimes there are people in our lives who fail us miserably, people we looked up to. Or other times, the cruelty of man just shakes us to our core. Uh, Ra um, gave his testimony, how God brought him out of Cambodia during um, uh, the Khmer Rouge, the Red Communists, and Pol Pot. And I got to visit Tul Sleng with him, where where Cambodians brutalized other Cambodians. And I remember being in tears that human beings could be so cruel to other human beings. We saw the animalistic brutality of the Hamas going into Israel and brutalizing people. How can human beings be that evil? All the millions that communism have, have murdered the the Nazis and the, how can human beings be so cruel? It hurts. Or sometimes a loved one is taken from us and it hurts. It hurts. God alone offers a refuge for grief. Proverbs thirty verse twenty six says, "The the conies are but a feeble folk. Yet they make their houses." In the rock. They're feeble, yet they make their houses in the rock. What's, what's a coney? It's a plump little furball. They have no protection except for the rocks they hide in. And the Bible says that we can learn a lesson from the coney where we can flee to the rock and find refuge there. Spurgeon said this about these little critters conscious. Of their own natural defenselessness, the coney resorts to burrows in the rocks and are secure from their enemies. My heart be willing to gather a lesson from these feeble folk. Thou art as weak and as exposed to peril as the timid coney, but be as wise as they to seek shelter. My best security is within, within the munitions of an immutable Jehovah. Where his unalterable promises stand like giant walls of rock. It may be well with thee, my heart, if thou canst always hide thyself in the bulwarks of his glorious attributes. (laughs) Again, that's what Caleb talked about some of the things, the attributes of God today. Hiding within the bulwarks of his glorious attributes, all of which are guarantees of safety for those who put their trust in him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I have so done, and I have found myself like David in a Dolem, safe from the cruelty of my enemy. I have not now to find out the blessedness of the man who puts his trust in the Lord. For long ago when Satan and my sins pursued me, I fled to the cleft of the rock, Christ Jesus, and in his riven side I found a delightful resting place. My heart run to him anew. Whatever thy present grief may be, Jesus feels for thee, Jesus consoles thee, Jesus will help thee. No monarch in his impregnable fortress, is more secure than the coney in his rocky burrow. The master of 10,000 chariots is not one whit better protected than the little dweller in the mountain's cleft. If Jesus, in Jesus the weak are strong, the defenseless safe, they could not be more strong if they were giants or more safe than they were in heaven. Faith gives to men on earth the protection of God in heaven more they cannot need and need not wish. The Coney cannot build himself a castle, but they avail themselves of what is there already. So too we cannot make a refuge that will hide us from grief, but Jesus has already provided a place we can flee to. His Spirit has revealed it, the Father has given it, and lo, Again, we must enter it and be safe from every foe. The last thing the benefits package when you belong to God a reservation in glory. I've been to quite a few funerals in my days, seeing the lifeless bodies in in the caskets awaiting burial. These bodies don't last forever. And then what? Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We talked about that sin debt. I don't deserve freedom from my sin debt when I was a little boy I, I heard the gospel message and I, I knew my sin debt and I recognized my sin debt was unpayable by me and I threw myself on the mercy of the Lord Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and I, I was gloriously saved the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord there I, I've been to a lot of gravesides as the families there weeping by the casket And others stand around. I like to pull out John 14. If that person knew the Lord as their Savior. And read. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye, ye may be also. Can you hear the anticipation in the voice of Jesus? Like a young couple that is looking forward to that first little newborn entering their home and they've been preparing that, that nursery in excitement. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. I love you and can't, can't wait till you're there with me. A reservation in glory. Well, I was ready to live out the rest of my days under the table. But I'm sure glad I came out and made things right with my dad. Adam and Eve had a choice to make. They could spend the rest of their days in the trees, hidden. The devil tossing them little scraps. Oh, no, it's better back here. This is is where you want to be, tossing them little scraps, but I'm sure glad Adam and Eve came out and Lord, the Lord helped them make those things right. Belonging to God may not seem to pay all that well, seemingly, oh, but it, it pays plenty and the benefits package is out of this world. And by the way, how much do I need in my pocket anyway if my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Psalm 50, verse 10, every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. By the way, he owns those hills too and all the gold in those hills besides. If you're in those trees, today's a good day to come out and make sure you belong to the Lord. The benefits package of belonging to God, there's nothing like it. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that you bless this, uh, this day. Thank you for the lessons that were being taught in the other buildings. I pray that, uh, Lord, the, 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 the youngsters here for Junior Church, their hearts would have been stirred. Lord, I pray that, that you take these truths. Lord, it's so good to belong to you. It's so good to belong to you. Thank you for salvation. Maybe someone in here is still in those trees. Lord, your voice cried out and they fled in hiding, but now... They need to respond to your voice and come out of the trees and come and make things right. May they recognize their debt is unpayable and completely deserved by them, that sin debt. But may they throw themselves at the mercy of of you, O God, and find there a compassionate Lord, ready to release them of that debt. O Lord, help us to turn from those scraps the devil gives us all the benefits of belonging to the Lord Jesus. Help us never to forget it. We ask all these things in Christ's name, amen.